If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 490 of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, joined by most of the usual crew, plus a new face this week. Say hi, of course. We'll start with Destin Legary, who's uh, I'm purposely calling on because he might still be chewing part of his lunch, and I wanted to put him on the spot. <laughs> Bam! Hey, everybody. I'm trying some new intro stuff. I'm going to open with with uh, X for Xbox. Let's let's try that out. I got the bam thing going on. A celebratory ritual intro for everybody to you know join along with. Aaron Greenberg approves of you uh, of you <laughs> doing the the Xbox X like they do at FanFest. Miranda Sanchez, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I got the first dose of my vaccine and it's kind of hitting me in a weird way. Not feeling oh, it, but mm-hmm. I'm also not feeling the X. It's a little too much, Dustin. It's a little aggressive. <laughs> I like the band though. Let's 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 keep the band. Okay, okay. We can keep workshopping it. Yeah, Destin's just trying to get back into the you know where we got the vaccines coming. He's just trying to get back into that in-person fan fest. Everybody in the room having fun together. Mood. Uh, Yeah, I I just got my uh, second dose actually. So I'm literally counting the days. In fact, in a cup in two two shows from now. I'll be doing the show from Arizona because I am heading off to see my also fully vaccinated parents for the first time in way too long. Uh, But that's not important. What is important is we're here to talk Xbox and joining us. She was so good on Unlocked about a month or whatever ago, two months ago. Kat Bailey now hired full time at IGN. Kat, welcome. Hello, you can't get rid of me now. And I just have to say, loving the Emerald Legacy of Xbox right here. Bam. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I've never you heard of him. Due to copyright is. due to copyright hey, reasons. I, I have I'm to Kat Bailey I and is. I'm here for your 1999 cooking show references. <laughs> I'm bringing them. That's right. I wonder what he's up to now. You don't hear from him anymore. Still around somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Still cooking. Still cooking. Yeah. yeah. Still cooking. Uh, well, Matt, welcome. Tell you know, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're RPG expert, but I, I don't want to let let let's hear it from you. What is what are your Xbox interests, genre interests? What can we expect from you? And what are you going to be up to 
on IGN for people to keep an eye out for your name on the site for? Hello, my name is Kat Bailey. I'm the former editor-in-chief of US Gamer. And as Ryan was saying, yes, I do like RPGs a lot. The thing that I'm really excited about with the Xbox is all of the acquisitions that Microsoft's been making to pick up companies like Obsidian and now most recently Bethesda. I think Xbox is going to be a powerhouse of Western RPGs in particular. It's going to really counter the PlayStation's JRPG focus. And then beyond that, I also like sports games a lot, and I'm really looking forward to playing MLB The Show on the Xbox Series X. Let's no love, go, No Kat. love for Inixile yeah. in there, though, huh, Cat? <laughs> Brian Fargo's weeping somewhere watching the show right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There are too many, because it's it's uh, Obsidian, it's Bethesda, it's Inixile, and Playground making Fable now, too. With I their know, stuff. so many. They're going to have a huge open-world sandbox RPG, like, once per year. It's, we're going to have all of them. Yeah. All of the open-world RPGs that we could possibly want. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, well, welcome aboard, Kat. So great to have you here, and thanks for joining us on Unlocked this week. Quick programming note before we get rolling into our main topic, and that is, again, a friendly reminder to resubscribe to our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash IGN games. That is the place to go to watch us on YouTube. Uh, and then reminder, too, for the loot box segment coming up later in the show, where we just take a random Xbox discussion topic from you guys out there. We want to hear that from you in video form. So just tweet it at me at DMC underscore Ryan. And I'm keeping a, a document of those to pick from for future episodes. So I want to thank everybody who's submitted there so far. We'll have another loot box topic later in the show. For now, though, let's get to topic A of this week's podcast. And we are talking about none other than Hideo Kojima on an Xbox podcast. Here we go. Jeff Grubb, uh, who has become known as somewhat of a uh, of a sage when it comes to industry rumors. He's, he broke the Mass Effect Legendary Edition before that was announced. Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat reports the following, quote, Kojima is in talks with Microsoft about publishing his next game, according to a source familiar with the matter. And yes, that statue on Phil Spencer's shelf, if you've, there was a recent video with Phil, uh, was referencing a potential deal with the legendary developer. I cannot confirm if Xbox closed the deal yet, but my understanding is that Kojima is the focus of a Microsoft plan to tap into the uh, to tap into Japanese talent. So let's. I want to preface this entire conversation. None of this is confirmed. We are just talking about rumor. We're just having fun. This is four four Xbox friends sitting around a, a virtual table here. Just, you know, kind of playing a little bit of a what if game, but maybe it will prove that there's something behind this. But for now, just this is not fact. We're just talking rumor. But with that in mind, Kojima on Xbox, there is a lot to unpack here. Uh, I want to go Kat Bailey's way first. Kat, uh, what, first of all, how excited would you be if Microsoft locks down Kojima's next game exclusively after he seemingly was? pretty well set up at Sony, and and then B, uh, what would you want to see Kojima do with what I presume would be a, a blank check development-wise? Ooh, a blank check. Well, I think that it would be an enormous get for Xbox if they were able to get Hideo Kojima. I know that Microsoft, there have been a lot of rumors for a while now that Microsoft might be buying 
a Japanese studio outright. A lot of the rumors have focused on Sega in particular, maybe not Kojima Productions in particular. But as for what Hideo Kojima might be able to do, I mean, Hideo Kojima is really good at taking existing genres and kind of doing a new spin on them, a new take, finding a new angle. He did that with Death Stranding and the survival genre. So if I think about what is kind of ripe for the Hideo Kojima treatment, perhaps a battle royale, that could be pretty, pretty interesting. Um, All I know is that whatever he comes up with is going to be very different and it's going to get a lot of attention. And frankly, the Xbox could really use something different and interesting and unique to you know, get more attention to its library in a prestige sort of sense. Destin, how about you? Where, where are you? Are you a fan of Kojima's work? And and what do you what do you think of this rumor? And and what would you want to see him tackle? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kojima's work. Uh, I was I was like obsessed with the Metal Gear games. Of course, like people will know Police Knots from way back in the day. But um, deep cut this. This comes at a really, really interesting time. So if we rewind back to the Bethesda announcement when Phil Spencer was talking about Tango Gameworks and getting to take a trip to Japan, you start connecting the dots. And I wonder if that trip is twofold. It's one, to look at the new Tango Gameworks acquisition, but also to curry favor with Kojima, to start talking to Sega, to start talking to maybe even Konami, who is sort of in a weird spot right now. They are... I believe they're going to be at E3, right, Ryan? I don't so, remember if they were one of the companies that had confirmed. I'll pull it up while you're talking. Yeah, so I believe they're going to be at E3. And here's what fans have been speculating. Imagine that Xbox goes to Konami. They're like, we want the Metal Gear IP, and Metal Gear is now exclusive on Xbox, developed by Kojima. That's what fans have like created in their ideal vision of what happens in this scenario. And I, I think... That would be incredible. This also comes at a really interesting time because Sony just shut down their Japan studio and a lot of talent has largely left that studio. And guess what? They're looking for somewhere to go. So if Xbox comes in and they're like, hey, we're going to work with Sega, we're going to take we're going to take a few Konami IPs, potentially that's a rumor, but that would be just huge. Now, of course, this is all pie in the sky speculation. What could happen? But it's fun to do. And as for the genre question, he does stealth the best, in my opinion. I, I want to see him return to a stealth game, and that's what I would really, really like to see him work on. Uh, good memory, by the way. Yes, Konami is one of the companies that have confirmed attendance for the digital E3 2021. So they'll and be one, there. And what if there's some partnership with Xbox? Because those know. two were at the Ooh. conference. You know who's not? Sony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destin, just, just, uh, just. Rubbing those two stones together till they stick together till they spark and start a fire. I love it. Miranda, uh, where are you with all this? So oddly enough, what what came first? Um, My first Kojima games were actually really recent for me. So I didn't grow up with the PlayStation. I didn't really get into Metal Gear much. I didn't play any of the Metal Gears that came on Xbox. So I've been generally out of all of that. Um, so my first introduction with Kojima games was like Dust Stranding and PT, which yes, I actually played PT, which is, I cried. Anyway, um, I think if, if you've Wait. listened to the show, I don't do well with horror. Best horror movie, you best horror saying. game ever made. <laughs> you keep saying you don't like scary games, but you keep playing them, which I, I I, you're braver than I am. <laughs> it was the group event. 
we were at a Dota event in Vegas. Like we we rent out a big place for all of our friends, and um, so we, we went and watch it together in Vegas because it's anyway. Uh, and so like, guys, what if we played PT? And I was like, no. And they're like, Marty, you have to go first. I was like, no. I had to play PT, and I was just like, no, no, no. And if you haven't played PT, it's honestly rather fantastic for being you know a demo but in in itself is its own game because there is sort of a conclusion um and i was really impressed by all like the collectibles and how creative it was i've definitely watched people play metal gear uh, a former partner of mine he was really into them and it was fun watching how strange they are and i think we've all hinted at it like kojima is really creative when it comes to these games and i think he disassembles the right team of people who have fun with that creativity and maybe weirdness um and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I think it's just, it pushes the bounds of creati- creativity w- from what we would consider normal. So like, sure, you could have some sort of military stealth game, but what if we have part of a thing where you have, what was it in the first Metal Gear? Like to defeat a boss, you have to like unplug something or remove the disc or I, I forget exactly what it was, but it just really pushes. To, Go ahead. You had to unplug your controller and plug it in the second mm-hmm. port. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so like you're really pushing the creativity for what you do with games. And I love saying that. Like it's just so fun. And then you look at Death Stranding, exactly what Kat said, just kind of putting a twist on that survival genre. And honestly, I wasn't really that interested in it until they started showing the community aspect of it. It's like, oh, but what if you just like leave fragments of yourself like just everywhere and then you can help people? Like just what you're doing is helping other players. And I just thought that was so cool. So I would really love to see Kojima get to keep doing what he's doing, which is just being full Kojima and just kind of have fun with the game space and really innovating on what's what already exists. Um, I think I, I don't really know what I'd want him to do, I think, for Xbox. I, I think we're with all of the Xbox acquisitions, I feel like there's a lot of exclusive genres covered off on at least that we were missing previously. So if anything, I'm just excited to see Xbox say, if if this were true, yeah, Kojima, just, just do your next thing. We have your full support. Um, and I wonder how that would have kind of played out because obviously Kojima has a pretty good relationship seemingly with Sony. So whatever this would have to be would be quite a big get for Xbox. And I'm sure rather expensive if it if it happened. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt it would it would come at a pretty high cost. If you're signing Kojima as a free agent, it's uh it is not going to come cheap, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned when you you talked about how a lot of the new acquisitions have covered off on a lot of genre gaps that Microsoft had. Well, one genre that I'm particularly fond of that that is still lacking that Destin mentioned would be the stealth genre. Now, <laughs> which he has extensive experience in. Now, Destin, I mean, we're not privy to the behind the scenes of everything, but it's it did seem like the the Kojima Konami divorce was not an amicable one. Would you agree with that from your memory? Oh, I'm of sorry, it? I'm just getting behind the scenes details right now. From <laughs> Bill, he just called me up. What was that? Oh yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> no, we're not privy to anything. Uh, yeah, uh, it seemed like it wasn't great. <laughs> there are a lot of good stories. There mm-hmm. are a lot of good rumors and stories r- floating around, but the general consensus is that, no, it was definitely not an amicable divorce. There have been a lot of rumors, and like we're going to just keep talking about rumors that keep floating around. A lot of rumors about Konami uh, giving giving its franchises out as third party with a particular focus on 
Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid. And Hideo Kojima, of course, like PT was going to be Silent Hills. And PT like is highly regarded. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about Death Stranding was its horror element. It was a very scary game. Oh yeah. So it'd be really cool if Hideo Kojima kind of went back in that direction and tried to really tackle the horror genre in a much deeper way than he was able to do with PT. I, yeah. I agree. Does, does uh speaking of genres that that are maybe not covered off by all the acquisitions, we don't really have a sort of well, I guess there is um there is there's Tango, right? That would be really the only one that comes to mind that's made survival horror games amongst the new studios. And Medium. A, a quick note too, um, on stealth, Arcane does some pretty good stealth. I mean, it's more action stealth, but you know, they do a good job with that. So uh, Kat, I agree though. I actually want to see more horror, which is not, I know it's it's not coming from me. That's weird, but it'd be really cool. I want to watch someone play. The thing is that Hideo Kojima is such an, a weird and interesting developer and he uses sound design so well. And he uses he uses the environments so well to create a feeling that is like really spooky without resorting to jump scares or just kind of gross out moments. He can really make you feel unsettled and he knows how to use the full texture of all video games to really push the mood. So maybe this is the direction he should be going on Xbox. You're selling me cat. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> we don't really, you're right. We don't really have a, outside of tango who's who seems to have moved on from the evil within at least for the time being now with uh like go it's tough to kind of know what ghostwire tokyo is so far we've seen so little of it it might have some some horror elements in it but it's also coming to playstation first for a year but um yeah you're you're selling me on it i think a kojima like his whether you enjoy his games or not you have to appreciate that they are unique, which I think you kind of mentioned already. You kind of covered that, but and that the the horror genre would probably be a genre that's very well served by unique thinking along the lines of what Kojima's up to. I mean, that's some of the best horror movies in recent years have have come from that sort of bizarre, like The Ring, right? Which is a movie that I I literally like Miranda. I did watch it, even though I really didn't want to. It was with a former former spouse, and I watched it through fingers like this. Uh, and that's that's not a movie I'll ever watch again. I watched well, that in high well, school. I, I, will, I will say I would love it if Kojima worked on a, a horror title. Uh, I do feel like that uh, the medium sort of fills that uh aspect on the xbox ecosystem a third party and, exclusive yeah and, and then there's also scorn coming down the, the lane which is sort of Another third party exclusive like that, a little bit of both <laughs> a little bit of both like it sort of gives you the heebie body horror yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Um, so for me i'm i'm with ryan i really want to see a stealth game we don't know what perfect dark is going to be i don't know that there's any stealth game that's on the docket right now and i think it's a genre that just isn't being explored really at the moment. So if something were to come out about it, hey, if Splinter Cell's not going to do it, let's have Kojima do it again. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, except I almost wonder, would Kojima even want to do that? He did it five times. Like I, well, I, I feel like Death Stranding is this interesting in-between where it's sort of like, 
you're still trying to like sort of sneak around. It's not too combat heavy. Um, it's a really, really interesting game, you know, and it sort of blends a lot of the design aesthetics that he's done over the years. Now, looking looking at his like history, like with police knots and uh, what was the other one that I saw here? Well, anyway, we'll use police knots as an example. He could also just go and tell a really, really interesting story, which cat uh, big RPG fan, right? Maybe would you be into something like that? I mean, absolutely. I think that, but historically, Kojima has always been more of an action adventure focused developer. I mean, he really loves his mecha, and mecha has deep ties into RPGs as well. So it could work. I think the real question with Hideo Kojima is which Hollywood actor does he want to hang out with for his next project? Because that <laughs> seems to be his thing. He had Kiefer Sutherland with Metal Gear Solid 5, had Norman Reedus with Death Stranding. Who's next? Mads Mikkelsen, right? Uh, what's, uh, I'm blanking on Bring back Mads. Mads yeah. stole the show in Death Stranding. There you go. <laughs> also, my third is relevant because Kojima has great taste in music. He likes Panic at the Disco. I'm pretty sure he likes The Killers, too. So I'm like, hey, Clever at the Killers. His church's collaboration is <laughs> so good. The music in Death Stranding was so, so good. I would Keanu, give us would the Keanu Hideo Kojima game. Soundtrack. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah. I'll bet you could sell him on that. Yeah, he seems, you know, he's seems like an aesthetic he'd be up for oh. in a video game space. Zone of the yeah. Enders was the other one. Oh, yeah. Zone of the Enders. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think there is space for like a, a mech sort of game because there's no mech warrior or mech assault mm-hmm. on uh, Xbox right now. So I don't know. Just thinking out loud about all the projects he's worked on and sort of like, what has he created that could bring something like really, really fresh to the Xbox ecosystem that will also be interesting to the Japanese market? Because that would that's what we're sort of discussing, right? right? The goal of the acquisition is to expand into the Japan market. And I think something like well, that. Is it though? Like, hold on, I want to I want to pause you on that for a second, because okay. do you, do you well, think I thought that is? was the question you were posing. Well, no, that's, in the yeah. sense of because I mean, I think we all not that Xbox should just completely abandon any hope of ever com- you know, do- competing in Japan. It hasn't been a good 20 years for Xbox <laughs> in Japan. But my, I mean, for me, my interpretation of them, of Microsoft wanting to work with more Japanese talent is simply to broaden the creative scope of the Xbox portfolio, ra- not so much as a like, you know, as a target, we want to lure Japanese gamers and get them to buy Xbox hardware because that ship seems like it's mostly sailed. You might have a few people swimming out <laughs> to, to jump on the Xbox boat, but to me, yeah, it's you know Japanese game design has always had a very unique aesthetic, a very unique just way of thinking compared to the West. It's uh, and that's and that's that's a good thing that it's so different. And I feel like that's that's the goal here is to get more of that unique thinking, just a different uh, variety of, of creativity into the Xbox ecosystem. I absolutely I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, absolutely if- understand what you're saying. It's a passive benefit, right? So if you're bringing yes. on more mm-hmm. Japanese developers, you're organically going to get more of the Japanese market. And there is one avenue that we didn't really discuss. It's the fact that they have this lower price tiered console, the Xbox Series S. Like if PlayStation is the dominant one, dominant console in Japan, Switch well, hey, oh well, yeah, Switch. But then you start <laughs> developing uh, games that are enticing to that market that they could easily just purchase an S for and then start playing. You get more people in your ecosystem. Miranda, yep, I think you were waiting to go. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that if the play was to get into the Japanese market, that would be more along the lines of a studio acquisition rather than publishing a game, like just publishing one of Kojima's games. That's great. That's great for all of us. But if that were to happen, but that's not going to be, as we were saying, the entryway into Japan and getting uh, Japanese gamers into playing on Xbox. Though you do make a good point, Dustin, that having the lower price models a pretty big deal. It'd only be great if uh, people could find them. The S is easier to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that goes back, Miranda's point goes back to what Kat was saying about these these uh, Sega rumors that don't want to go away. Yeah, that that would be a way where you start to, <laughs> you could start to really get a, a plant some roots in the in the Japanese uh, game community rather than simply, you know, you're signing Kojima for one project, potentially. Um, all right, so let me, t- let me send the devil's argument question around the room here. And that is, so we don't know for sure, but the sort of, the word on the street, the rumor is that Death Stranding didn't necessarily sell super great, despite being, you know, effectively a first party Sony game, I guess technically a second party Sony exclusive. Uh So Days Gone did sell well. And if that's what happened with Death Stranding, that's not looking good. 
Well, that's yeah, that's a different that's go watch podcast beyond for that. <laughs> right. They've got a lot to chew on this week after that Schreier report. But um, so just like, OK, if if Kojima just goes off and does his own thing, which is what you would pay him to do, that's what you would want him for. You know, it's if it doesn't necessarily become a new blockbuster franchise. If you're Microsoft, are you OK with that? Are you OK with it being kind of. Uh, a prestige piece, basically. And I'll go, uh, let me go Miranda's way on that first. Yes, I would assume so. I, I think we were even talking about it last week, how it's like, oh, do we think like Xbox is going to start going more aggressively after awards? And I think if you are looking for that prestige piece, that's like, oh, this may not be the most marketable thing. Like, it's not a Call of Duty. It's not a Fortnite. It's not something you can mark, like mass market the same way that you would those. But it's something that's very visually or mechanically interesting that has like a killer story that i you know a lot of people who are into those sorts of games would want and that i think um honestly like sony has like kind of that blockbuster lineup like as much as i love my gears of war and things um i think sony just has those stories that hit harder more frequently and um honestly it's what we've been talking about for so long is that microsoft is getting into this like that they are finally making the push for that and i think we're going to see more and more of it and i think potentially publishing Kojima game could be part of that plan. Kat, how about you? Well, Death Stranding sold well enough. It sold about 4 million copies at the outset, and it was able to break even and ultimately secure funding for another project. So in that sense, it was successful. On the other hand, Sony didn't really know how to market it. They didn't really (laughs) know what to do with it. They're like, it's an action-adventure game. It's not really an action-adventure game. We don't know. So... If you're looking for the next GTA or Gears of War, maybe look elsewhere, but Hideo Kojima is always going to have that kind of cachet with a certain group of fans. It's going to get a lot of uh, buzz. A lot of people are going to be talking about it. I remember that when Death Stranding was first revealed, it was a worldwide trending topic and basically everybody was talking about it. That's what Xbox wants. you know. They want everybody to be talking about a game that is coming out in Xbox Series X. Destin and uh, yeah, how did what do you what do you think here on on the idea of a more prestige thing if if there's not necessarily like a you know twenty million seller there? Well, Xbox just had a three hour long press conference about sixty ID at Xbox games that they're willing to pay the development costs for, and as long as they come to Game Pass, uh, in some cases, as we know, based on what. You know, Phil Spencer has talked about when developing for Game Pass. So I have to imagine that empowering somebody like Kojima to make his vision and bring it to life on the Xbox brand not only gets people talking about Xbox because Kojima has so long been associated with the PlayStation brand, but it also gives them another feather in their cap, so to speak, with the, the amount of game studios that they currently have in their you know, suite of Xbox Game Studio players. And I think it's a no-brainer win if they empower him to create whatever he wants and bring it to the Xbox brand. One last little note, I think, that's before we move on to the next topic, and that is uh, the one thing that comes to mind. Death Stranding was famously, they talked about this, was famously able to kind of not only get off the ground pretty quickly from, from when Kojima first signed with Sony, but... Uh, but also really release relatively quickly. And that was due in large part, they said, because they used the Decima engine 
from Horizon Zero Dawn, and we're able to just get up and running with that. So if Kojima does sign a deal with Microsoft, if all this does come to pass, he's going to have to start over on a new engine because that one, Sony, the Sony-owned engine will uh, almost certainly not be available to him again. So that would be interesting to see. But Microsoft now owns some pretty cool technology like, say, id Tech, as, uh, which Phil Spencer has praised profusely. Now, that's, uh, that's not been used for what I think we would consider a Kojima-style game in the past, but that would be an option on the table. There's certainly, they could just go Unreal. Uh, there'd be a few options there, but just kind of an interesting thing I thought I would, I would throw out as food for thought as we move on to the next topic. We'll obviously be keeping a very close eye on this particular rumor. Uh, next this week, Forza Motorsport, the next-gen seeming reboot, you know, they're just not going with eight, Forza Motorsport, uh, is, it was announced at the July showcase last summer. Gosh, that's, oh my gosh, that's been almost a year already. Holy cow, how is that possible? Uh, it is perhaps a little closer than we originally thought because there is a hands-on test that's, that's happening. You can sign up to be considered by turn 10 to be part of that testing initiative. Signups are happening now. Uh, quote, we will soon be able to share to our people in our Forza panel. They will actually be able to get their hands on part of our new Forza Motorsport game, said Chris Isaki, the creative director of Forza Motorsport. Quote, and he sa says, uh, continuing, the only way to get your hands on this part of the new Forza Motorsport title is to be part of that panel. So uh, if you just Google Forza Motorsport player hands-on test confirmed, or even probably Forza Motorsport IGN, just to keep it simpler, you will find the link to that story and the link to that form. I did sign up. I imagine if anyone's paying attention, they won't pick me because I'm a media guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I'll get my chance eventually. But uh, but yeah, this is this was interesting to me because it tells me that maybe... Forza Motorsport's not quite as far off as I as I initially thought after the unveiling last summer. Now I would say it's almost certainly not coming out this year. Uh, if they're just doing kind of NDA private player panel tests, game's most likely not out this year. But 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 next year, you know, I wonder if it could be a, a fall 2022 game. Destin, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about Forza? And and uh, are you are you Eager to get a crack at this uh, at this test, if you if you can sneak by the the people that would screen the emails, I would absolutely love to get a chance to try out Forza Motorsport a little bit early. I want to see what sort of you know new improvements that they've made to the franchise, what it looks like now, how it's running. You know, as somebody who got into racing games with Need for Speed Two uh, back in the PC days that I would mod, and then you know Gran Turismo on the PS2. Project Gotham Racing. Like, I'm not a huge racing fan. I'm definitely consider myself a, a casual racing fan. But this one just looks so gorgeous and interesting. And I really want to see how they're going to change the formula. Because this is the Sim series that we're talking about, right, Ryan? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to get more fine-tuning with your engines and stuff like that. But just this concept trailer that we've seen for a while now is stunning. It's still stunning, and it's been out for like a year now. Almost. So I, I, I can't wait to play this game. I would love to play the new Forza. Kat, are you much of a Forza player? I like Forza Horizon, like a lot of people do. Yeah. In some ways, I feel like Forza Horizon has 
uh, kind of eclipsed the original Forza, but Forza still has a place among hardcore sim fans for sure. And not only that, it's a real technical showpiece for next-gen kind of consoles. And especially, I imagine it would look just incredible on a high refresh rate monitor, which I just bought. So I really want to play it and give it, put it through its paces as, as it were. I'm sure Microsoft would love to have that kind of technical showpiece out this year. But I mean, with COVID happening and so many games getting pushed into next year already, it's sort of hard to imagine, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, and I think, I mean, again, if I'm interpreting the end of, or we're watching the trailer now, if you're watching video, if I, the end of that trailer, is, which hopefully we'll get to here in, in just a, a minute, but if I remember correctly, it, it was one of the games from the showcase that specifically did not mention Xbox One at the end of it. Is this the, let's see here, this is the end of it. I know this is boring <laughs> for audio listeners. Did it have the, I could swear it had the little. It's the logo. It shows the Xbox splash for the audio listeners, the Microsoft logo. Yeah. And now we're looping the video. Right, the lights back. turn I, on. But the anyway, I, with the ray trace reflections. So maybe it's just me. <laughs> Thank you, Destin, for the audio play-by-play. -play <laughs> um, maybe this is just, I guess it's my own speculation then. But I, I would expect, because as, as Kat pointed out, this is, this is a technical showpiece. It is uh, Forza for a new generation. They are rebooting it. I don't think this is going to be an Xbox One game. I think this is going to be next-gen only. You're going to need at least an Xbox Series S for this, if not a Series X. And then obviously, Kat will get her wish to, to day one this thing on a super high refresh rate monitor. She's got the PC to back it up. So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for this whenever it comes. But uh, Kat, I'm also with you. Horizon to me is actually the better game, although that's not to speak ill of motorsport because it's also fantastic. But Horizon is is just unfathomably good. Uh, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but um, so presumably Horizon Five, unless they reboot that as well and just call it Forza Horizon again, would follow the year after motorsport. So we might still be waiting a while for that. All right, next up, uh, where are my fellow Ninja Gaiden fans from back in the day? Anybody? Anybody? There's a right hand. here. A little desk yeah, Ninja Gaiden. With a half wave. Wait, Miranda, is that just a shrug of the shoulders there? Uh, I think when, when this was really first coming back out, I was a little young for these games, so mm. I did not get to play them. They, they would, uh, yeah, they, would, they were not forgiving if you were a kid playing, trying to fire up Itagaki's Ninja Gaiden, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan and uh, this story, it, it makes me so sad, but I, I feel bad having to report this to my fellow Xbox fans uh, and to my fellow Ninja Gaiden fans, I should say. Speaking to IGN, head of Team Ninja, uh, Fumihiko Yasuda explained the choice of, uh, you may because you may have seen, I guess the quick backstory here is, Tecmo did announce a, a Ninja Gaiden Master Collection but it's using the Sigma versions of the game, which were the, the, the PlayStation 3 ports, or I guess PS2 and then PS3 for Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2, respectively, that came out later, and they were never... Like, Itagaki didn't head those up. They were never regarded as being as good. So basically, the inferior versions of the game. Uh, so Yasuda explained the choice of using the Sigma editions in Master Collection, saying, quote... The reason we chose these three titles for the collection is because they represent the latest installments of the numbered series, and they are also the most polished versions featuring many additional modes and costumes. 
All right, that's the PR answer. But then he gives the real answer. Furthermore, when we worked on Sigma and Sigma 2, we went and collected as much of that data as possible and organized it. And since we could fully utilize this data, Sigma and Sigma 2 became clear choices for this collection. However, we were unable to salvage the varying assortment of data we had left from Ninja Gaiden Black and Ninja Gaiden 2. And for that very reason, we currently don't have any plans of remastering Ninja Gaiden Black and Ninja Gaiden 2 on non-Xbox platforms. Wait. Remastering. Well, the remastering. good news. But the good news is it's there you can already play them right now. They mm-hmm. are backwards compatible. So and they still Ninja Gaiden Black had widescreen support natively in the menu in its original 2005 release. So if you play it now on your, you know, we've all got widescreen sets now, it still actually looks really good. And of course, it always ran at 60 frames per second. So it's still very, very playable. I've played it sort of recently uh, as I tend to just go back to it from time to time to to test my skills every now and again and remind myself how good that game was. But uh, Kat, this is a little bit of a bummer, right? That it's the Sigma versions. Yeah, well... I will have to say that Ninja Gaiden Black in particular was one of the finest action games ever made. And people forget how impactful it was when it came out on the original Xbox and how big a deal Itagaki was. He was being spoken of in the same breath as people like Hideo Kojima, somebody else who came up on this particular episode. I think Ninja Gaiden Sigma gets a little bit of a bad rap because, as you already mentioned, it came after Itagaki left and after our all of the bad feelings. I'm just glad to have any kind of updated version of the Ninja Gaiden games because they're really great. And as you already mentioned, Ninja Gaiden Black holds up really well and you can be playing it on, I believe, the Xbox Series X right Mm -hmm. now. So I will say that I really hope that Ninja Gaiden can keep going forward. I mean, Dustin was kind of going, wait for it when it came to the remastering. (laughs) Maybe a full-blown remake would be amazing or a proper sequel after all this time. It's been way too long since we last played a Ninja Gaiden game. I could not agree more. Um, other than, Of course, aside from the fact that Itagaki is long gone and Ninja Gaiden 3, which was made without him, that is part of this collection, was definitely, that was pretty poorly received. Uh, mm. The Razor's Edge version that they did later corrected a lot of the flaws uh, that were in that, but... Yeah, I'm with you. I miss this series so much. It it really was the the pinnacle of of precision action, like hardcore action gaming in its time. Uh, it's it is it it tests you on purpose. But it to, for me, and I know this this I may get hate from our audience for this this take, but I've never been a big Soulsborne fan. I respect them, but they're just not for me. And for me, the the dividing line between why I've never really clicked with Soulsborne games, for the most part, I did love Jedi Fallen Order, uh, and why I do love Ninja Gaiden is because I think the Soulsborne games, by design, are sadistic. They They <laughs> take pleasure in defeating you and just crushing you, <laughs> whereas... Whereas I always thought Ninja Gaiden, it's really tough, but it was it was always about just it wasn't trying to destroy you. It was about here's the challenge, bring the skill enough to conquer it. We're not gonna we're not gonna like go out of our way to 
you know, just crush you like a bug, even though it can feel like that sometimes. Alma says what's up from Ninja Gaiden 1. But uh, but that's always, I don't know, that's kind of, that was always the dividing line for me. Destin, I know you've you've watched a lot of Ninja Gaiden in your your former uh, co-worker and former Destiny uh, running mate, CJ Gibson. Yeah, he's like a leader. He's like one of the top 10 speedrunners or something crazy. Like he's really good at score. It's like scores. I, mean, I don't know. CJ Gibson's really good at uh, uh, Ninja Gaiden. He and Mitchell actually did a full playthrough of the games without dying. And on, uh, on have... Master Ninja difficulty, I believe wow. it was. Yeah, on the hardest. That's a flex. ridiculous. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so they're both super fans and really, really good at the game. And yeah, Ryan, I don't. Is there anything that would prevent them from doing a full blown remake? Like just bring Itagaki on for like a ton of money, and I'm sure he'd be willing <laughs> to slap his name on the remake and make sure it's done properly. And like, yeah, Microsoft is the type of company that has that kind of money to throw around. Well, I don't I don't think that my memory suggests that I don't think that departure, Itagaki's departure from Tecmo and Team Ninja was a particularly amicable one either. I, I can't imagine. I don't think we'd be seeing that anytime soon. And if you tried to remake the problem with remaking a Ninja Gaiden is I mean, granted, Ninja Gaiden was a remake, uh, but so not in the literal, not in the way you're proposing, which is kind of our modern version of it. Remaking Ninja Gaiden would be very tricky because it that game's so precise and so like everything just fits together in this perfect way where if anything's off, it's just gonna not feel good and it's not gonna feel well, right. And that that would be a tall order. I would rather see a brand new Ninja Gaiden from sure. it would obviously be a new director rather than try to try to recreate the magic of Ninja Gaiden Black. Sure, but Ryan, time heals all wounds. So Itagaki, if, if you're watching Unlocked, <laughs> just take that phone call. Maybe there's an apology in there, and you know you guys can work it out. You can make a phenomenal Ninja Gaiden remake or a brand new Ninja Gaiden. Who knows what the the sky's the limit when forgiveness is in your heart and well, money, <laughs> lots of money, and lots and lots and lots of money. So much I mean, money. <laughs> the tables have kind of turned, right? Because Itagaki, when he left, he was at the peak of his powers, and Koei Tecmo wasn't viewed as being a particularly prestigious publisher. But now I would say Koei Tecmo is pretty well regarded. I mean, specifically the Warriors games have kind of really grown a lot. They've become a first-rate uh, contract developer for a lot of different places, whereas Itagaki has really struggled over the past decade. So maybe yeah. Itagaki needs Koei Tecmo more than they need him. Well, <laughs> the thing I was going to propose to try and uh, please Destin and also ultimately please all Ninja Gaiden fans is, all right, let's connect all the dots from this episode. Microsoft by Sega. Sega has, a, has an IP with ninjas in it called Shinobi, they hire Itagaki <laughs> to reboot and reimagine Shinobi and effectively like give it. it the Ninja Gaiden treatment. And who wins? Everybody wins. So I'm into I, it. I like it. it. I like it. And there, there's a lot of great next gen uh, combat games out there, you know, like Devil May Cry. The God of War game was fantastic in terms of like parrying and combo systems. And okay. like there, there's a lot of really, really good stuff out there. And speaking of like, well, I haven't. I finally finished Hellblade, and uh, I would love to see that combat system refined. So even if he just worked with Xbox on something like that, that would be interesting. Chelsea. Uh, all right, let's move on here. We got to quickly. Yeah, we're, we got to get to 
Uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip loot box this week because I want to get to trivia. I want to get Cat involved in the trivia, and this this panel needs more trivia points. So we're gonna we're gonna go right to that. But please keep your loot box questions coming. Again, record yourself on video, put it on Twitter, tag me at DMC underscore Ryan, and I will I promise we'll do the loot box again next week. So trivia time. The unlock block trivia comes from Chris, whose gamer tag is. Fifth gen U name, which he explains as fifth gen username, asks with the this this one's right up. This was designed for Cat, really, uh, as the only other big sports fan on the panel. Yeah. With the Toronto Maple Leafs being sponsored prominently by the PS5, Xbox fans can say, We did this first. What is the professional sports team that Xbox currently sponsors? Now the four of these four teams are all from uh, across different uh, sports. You've got the Sounders in Major League Soccer, the Chiefs in the NFL, the Thunder in the NBA, and the Mariners of Major League Baseball. So I'm going to save Cat for last because I'm going to guess that she knows this. She's smiling. Uh, I'm going to go Miranda's way first, who is grimacing right now with a very <laughs> a sad look on her face. I, I used to live in Oklahoma, so. They're pretty big. Uh, I, I liked basketball for a while. But this I'm going to go with the Sounders just because okay. they have a fun name. And I could see it maybe. All right. Maybe so. All right. Uh, Destin, your thoughts here? I secretly know so much about sports, Ryan. And the answer is clearly the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> well, that can make sense. <laughs> uh you did correct to identify the city that the Mariners play in. So that's that's, that's, that's where Microsoft is, right? <laughs> Are they Microsoft is based out of Seattle. Cat, uh, take us home on this. Well, what's interesting is that the Seattle Mariners used to be owned by Nintendo. They're not anymore. Right. And of course, the Oklahoma City Thunder used to be the Seattle Supersonics based in Seattle. But I believe that the correct answer is the Seattle Sounders. And I say believe because it used to be that they had the Xbox logo on their shirt. And there was a kind of a weird thing where if you played FIFA on the PlayStation 4, you could see the Xbox logo on the <laughs> Seattle Sounders. So that was such a weird quirk. But last I checked, the Seattle Sounders had actually changed their shirt sponsor. So things may have changed since then, but I'm going to go with the Sounders for right now. Well, according to Chris, you are correct. And it is the Seattle Sounders. Mar uh, <laughs> Good to get uh, Miranda a point there. Also, yes, the Seattle Sounders Major League Soccer franchise. Let me add some points here. This Miranda was actually for every time I get a question wrong from now on. That's why I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Let's play spoiler warning. That's I'm going to get it wrong. There we go. I think uh, for this one, the only reason I guess the Sounders is because I am at least somewhat familiar with sports teams just because like my dad really likes football my mom really liked um, basketball and my grandpa was really into baseball so I, i've been to enough baseball games growing up just like knowing what sponsorships look like for them and just kind of putting the pieces together it's like okay of these teams it makes most sense for xbox to sponsor a soccer team based on what i've seen so yay 
And I was lying. I know nothing about sports and the history related to sports. If you couldn't tell based on oh my response. goodness. Well, Destin, it was a noble effort. And I'm glad you 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 worked your way there with the Seattle and the, the Xbox connection to Seattle and Mar- it was a good thanks, uh, Ryan. You know, it's a good college try on that. And Major League Baseball, they you know they're they're they are starting to d- dabble more into advertising on like the pitcher's mound and stuff. So, you know, it's a good uh, good go there. But the point goes to Miranda and Cat on the board as well. So if anybody else out there in the audience has a good Xbox trivia question that they want to try and stump the panel with, please email it to me. That email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, four multiple choice answers, and please note the correct answer in your email, and we'll play again next week. We play all year long, and the winner at the end of the year will get a trophy, which uh, is going to happen again this year. We've got another awesome listener that's volunteered to make it. With that, we are about out of time. Uh, let me go Cat's way first. Cat, where can everybody follow you? What are you... Do you have any assignments, any 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 work going up on IGN that we can check out right away? I know it's literally your second day, so no pressure, but uh, let's let's get you some promotion here so the audience can start to get to know you. Hi, my name again is Kat Bailey. I'm the senior news editor, so I'm going to be working with Joe and Matt Kim and Reb and everybody to do as many great news stories as possible. I just posted my very first news story right before this podcast went live. It was about Capcom's mega hack ransomware and what happened. They partly blamed the COVID-19 pandemic, which was kind of interesting. But if you want to follow me for all of my spicy sports takes and RPG love, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore catpod. And uh, don't, what about your cool RPG podcast? You got to promote well, that. Well, thank too. you for asking, Ryan. I'm also... <laughs> Uh, podcast host. I have an independent podcast called Acts of the Blood God, where we talk about all things RPGs. And our most recent episode, we got into how you can tackle the tame, tame the wildest and most difficult RPGs around. And also, since you're all Xbox fans, can I check out, recommend that you check out our console RPG quest for the Xbox series. We've done Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox Series X, and Xbox One. So we've done them all. Yay. Sweet. Good stuff. Destin. Yeah, hey. Uh, I did this huge Mass Effect piece. Just watch that again, please. It's almost at a million. <laughs> so that would be great. Let's just, just nudge it over to a million. Uh, really, really proud of that. Uh, I have some other stuff in the works. It's not ready yet, but keep an eye on IGN.com for that stuff. And yeah. Did you breathe a massive sigh? I wish we didn't even talk about this this week. Did you breathe a massive? Oh, try that again. Did you breathe a massive sigh of relief when you saw the Gone Gold announcement for Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Why would I have been nervous? Of course, it was going to go gold. <laughs> because you know, no games ever get delayed anymore, so there's no reason to be nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they released their graphics comparison video today. Cat, I saw you were you had that post that I threw it over to mm-hmm. our trailer team and. Uh, that has me super stoked. It looks really good. It's it really looks really good. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So my video sort of alluded to that, and then they went and really showed the technology behind what they're doing. It's really cool. I can't yeah. wait to play that series again. Chad, that was all the stuff they were like turning on all and off all the effects. That was what they were showing us mm. in that in the demo from a, a month or two back. So it's neat to, for them to release that publicly. Miranda, what are you up to? Not a ton, so please check out IGN Guides for all the other work my team is doing right now. we got some cool stuff going up. 
Uh, but also want to give a shout out to Cat's podcast because that name is the coolest ever. So good. <laughs> Thank you. So good. Um, but otherwise, you can find me around the internet at Havoc Rose and let's Havoc with the K. And tonight I'll be finishing Batman Arkham Asylum on Twitch. Fantastic. It's been going great. I love yeah, it. Your, your team uh, has a, a busy stretch coming up because all yes. the video games start to come out in May. Yep, so late April, May, we're, yeah. we're ready. The spreadsheet's here. Yes, I'm, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> As for me, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I've got a new episode of IGN Unfiltered up, so uh, please check that out. That is uh, with Hakan Abrik, the CEO of and co-owner of IO Interactive, the Hitman studio. He was uh, had a really great conversation about Hitman and uh, about their James Bond game that they're starting up and and sort of the trials and tribulations of breaking away from a major publisher and with Square and, and going up going it on their own. So take a look at that if you get a chance. And that will do it for Kat, Miranda, and Destin. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 490. We'll see you next week. Bye. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. <laughs>